0: Welcome to LOA today. Walt Tison and life coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Wednesday, June the 20th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Your second daily dose of happy for the day and hope your day is going well and that you're on top of uh, your your alignment, energy, emotional scale or whatever they call it, where you're feeling good all the time because that's how good things happen all the time or at least most of the time and you have the good life that you're looking for, right? That's what we're trying to do right. here, you know? so yeah and and uh listeners this morning heard about the the trials and tribulations I had with the developers, and I can't say that the situation has changed any, but my response has definitely improved. I mean, I was doing fairly well this morning, and Cindy helped talk me through a few things just to help me get up there. But I feel like I'm doing pretty well i mean my right now, on the emotional scale, I'm like in the very positive end of the range, I'm not at the top of it, but very positive range, so I'm giving myself a little bit of a pat on the back for taking a situation that normally would have sent me into a spiral and instead turning it into a pretty good-feeling place.
1: So, Walt, you can join the Wendy Club. You can say the old you would have gone down a horrible negative spiral, and the new you turned things around really quickly.
0: This is true. So do I, <laughs> it, 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 does membership have its privileges? I mean, is there something I get for being part of the Wendy Club? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you get to... Just say that you're following a Wendyism, the old Wendyism. Okay. Yeah, that,
0: yeah well, that's exactly what it is, and, and it's true. It's true. A year ago, my reaction would have been quite different, not pleasant. Nothing I would want to repeat on the air. <laughs> but no, today, I, I mean, you know what the worst word was I used to describe my experience this morning? It was flabbergasted. What?
1: Well, that's not so horrible, is it?
0: No, it's actually pretty good. That's why I'm saying I'm really proud of myself for the way I reacted because that was the worst word I could think of.
1: <laughs> wow, well, good for you because yeah, that is a that is a huge shift and just recognizing it, acknowledging it is a really important part of you know your own personal growth and evolution. So good for you. yeah,
0: thank you, yeah, I appreciate that. And in fact, well, there was actually one other thing that I said, but it wasn't really so much an emotional thing as it was more of like a moral judgment based on the way society would judge things. But this programmer I was working with who pulled this stuff basically stuck to his guns that, well, no, I, I'm just giving you this other platform called Code Igniter. And that's what I was planning to give you all along. And I. Went back and forth with him, showing him, like, well, you know, here was the name of the project, and I, the name of the project included WordPress plugin in it. And here's the description, which included WordPress plugin. So I was really right to express a WordPress plugin. And he wouldn't uh, give in on that and basically said, nope, it's take it or leave it. And my response to him was, you realize what you're doing is called bait and switch and that it's illegal in the United States.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was the
0: harshest thing I said. <laughs>
1: Well, but, you know, and that didn't sound so harsh. That just sounded like a piece of fact.
0: It is fact. Yeah, it is. I yeah. mean, there was some emotional wow. con- context to it, but uh, that was the worst it got. The best that it got, I climbed out of it before I even got into it. I like that.
1: Wow. Good for you, Walt. That yeah. is really, really awesome.
0: Yeah, it, it's been good. It's been good. And I, actually, I've even, my my mind has been on autopilot figuring out, okay, what do I do about this? And I, I won't go into all the technical stuff about it. But bottom line is I have kind of mapped out a potential way to perhaps get this to the point where it's a quick solution, a nice, quick and easy solution, like Cindy was trying to to help me to believe in this morning. And you know what? That that now seems more possible to me. And that would be great. I mean, something that could have been you know calamitous and could have taken months to fix, imagine if... Somehow I'm able to get the universe to deliver me a solution that happens in, like, you know, a week or less. That would be great.
1: Anything and everything is possible. And when you line up with it, it's a sure thing.
0: And that's what I'm doing. I'm lining up with it. Funny thing, yeah, too. I, I, I can't be- say I believed it every step of the way. But my determination to make sure I responded well trumped that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. And that, that's kind of a new ex- experience.
1: Give, for our listeners, give some explanation. Give, give some meat. Oh, let's idea.
0: see. How do I describe it? Um, when I was – first I was being flabbergasted. And after I was done being flabbergasted, then I moved on to, okay, i got to get myself into alignment. And anything that I c- initially came up with on my own, I, w- I really wasn't believing. I knew I wasn't believing. But I was trying to get there anyway.
1: But so, let's, let's just hold on a second because I – I think you left out one important piece that you oh, okay. told me before the show, but the listeners don't know. So I'll just say it oh. in a nutshell. Walt had hired some programmers to do something for him. Oh, yeah. And they did not deliver what he asked for.
0: Not even close. No, it was okay. quite so different now, from what it was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> in, in fact, it was so far away. Well, we won't go there. The point is that... After I got past the flabbergasted part and realized I needed to start feeling good, I, I wasn't really making a whole lot of progress because I was saying stuff that I didn't quite believe. And then I got on doing the podcast with Cindy, and Cindy helped me some more with some different perspectives that helped me get there. And then over time, what I didn't believe, I started to believe. What seemed impossible when I was in my flabbergasted mode now seems credible. And- so
1: what shifted? What, 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 what were you now thinking that moved it from not credible to credible.
0: Yeah, well that, that's what I was trying to get at. I, I think it was just my determination to respond well. I was so determined to not have my usual meltdown that I think the determination just carried me through. And and through that determination, I kept repeating it like it was a mantra, and you know, a, a belief is a thought you think over and over again. So my determination got me to the point where I'd heard it enough times in my own head that I started to believe it.
1: So, what was the specific mantra that equaled your determination?
0: Well, it wasn't one in particular. It was just things like, "You know, this is all going to work out. Um, we are a, a solution is going to be come uh, available. I don't know what it is, but there's going to be a solution. It's going to be an easy solution. It's going to be quick. In fact, it's going to amaze me. Um, oh, one thing that we, I talked about with Cindy, there's going to be a nice unexpected gift that comes with it. And I, I just, you know, was kind of doing those thoughts over and over again.
1: Okay. Um, And so for our listeners, just for you and for our listeners, so Walt, when you say, my determination carried me through this, determination can mean all sorts of things to different people, which is why I wanted to get under the hood and find out what were the specific thoughts you were thinking that you were calling determination because those specific thoughts were really very powerful.
0: They were, yes.
1: And they're kind of like a bridge to take you from the myriad of thoughts you had when you were on the, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're not giving me what I've asked for and I thought I've made it so clear, to, you know what, things are all going to work out for me. Yeah. So those, all those thoughts that you had while you were feeling a sense of determination is what bridged you from there to here.
0: The other thing that goes along with that, and you're right, that's what happened, but the other thing that goes with it is that those negative thoughts never fully took form in my mind. I mean, literally the shock was was, was blocking them from getting in. It's like my mind can't process what's going on here because I'm in such shock. Mm. And I kind of took advantage of that and said, well, not consciously, but more subconsciously. I know those thoughts are are trying to get in here. I'm going to go right for positive response as soon as I can. Maybe I can avoid those entirely, which is pretty much what happened. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it never took form. It's not like they formed up and said, well, that programmer really screwed up. He's, he's trying to screw me over or something like that. None of that stuff actually took form in my head. It was just, oh, my God, I can't believe they did this.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, that you bring up a really valid point that I'd like to share for right now, which is you can have a thought, but if you don't add to the thought or stay focused on the thought – having a negative thought really has almost no um, effect Mm. in your life. True. You have to actually hold on to something and focus on it for it to have a negative or a positive effect. And so the fact that you had some negative thoughts, but immediately you made the decision you wanted to turn from those and start looking in a positive direction. It's like law of attraction had nothing to even, do it, it it reminds me of like let's say you're uploading something in the cloud
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you hit cancel in the middle of the upload well it never reaches the cloud does it so oh yeah cancel right So same, same kind of thing you can have a thought but it's like hitting cancel when you decide oh no i don't want to like focus on that and then that thought never reaches the law of attraction so law of attraction can't respond
0: yeah pretty much that's what happened yeah
2: that's
1: so yeah, well a good
0: description. Well, thank
2: you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm a little surprised. I'm, I'm very pleased with my reaction. I'm a little surprised that I did it so easily, and I like it. I mean, I'm hoping that I'm making this a new, a new habit, so to speak, so that whenever something comes along that I don't like what's happening, I, if I can do it the way I did it today, that would be great. Way cool. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. you know, I think that's what we all desire, is that, you know, when a negative thing occurs in our life, Instead of staying focused on it and stuck in it, that we immediately pivot and turn in the direction of that which we really desire mm-hmm. and just start talking it up in a way that it can become believable.
2: It's...
1: And, you know, something that Abraham has said, which I found really amazing having grown up as a Christian, I heard so many times, you know, the the phrase, um, you know, and Jesus said to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up in the Christian church, the meaning that was associated with that was always if someone d- does you wrong, like turn the other cheek, as if to say, "Go ahead, hit me again." Hit me
2: again, again. right? I,
1: <laughs> I could take it, which I gotta tell you, all always felt weird to me. Like, oh yeah, why would you be saying you've abused me once? Now go ahead and abuse the other side of me, right? You know, if you hit me on the left cheek, now go ahead and hit me on the right cheek. But that one never made sense. But, you know, it's what I learned. And um, Abraham picked that up one day when they were talking to somebody and said, well, you know, that's what Jesus was saying. Turn the other cheek. Well, in the context that Abraham was talking, what they were referring to is when something negative happens, pivot and turn in the direction of that which you desire and stop looking at the devastation or the pain or the abuse of that which you don't like. I went, now that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so Turn the Other Cheek is all about pivoting from one direction to the next. Go 180 degrees in the opposite direction. And I'm like, hmm, nice. Now that makes sense. Yeah, and The metaphor just didn't work
0: very well, but the message was right on.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so today you got to um, actually experience your personal autopilot going straight to the pivot.
0: Yeah, which is and it was weird. It was a weird experience because when you're in the middle of it, you're, you're just full of emotion. And, and it's not all happy emotion. In fact, none of it is happy. It's not, you know, depressed or, you know, raging or whatever. But it's pretty emotional. It's pretty strong emotion. And when you're in, you know how it is when you're in a a strong emotional state, it's hard to focus consciously on logic or on method or on, you know, clear intention. all All you want to do is just feel that emotion because oh, it's so powerful. It's such a huge part of your experience at that moment. So when I was transitioning through that, it was like, what was that like? It was kind of like being on that boat in the river that they talk about with the upstream and downstream analogy and waiting for the boat to turn. And if if you've ever been in a rowboat that turns around on the current, it's a little dizzy making, you know, because you, you're you're swinging around in a circle, and if it's a fast current, you're swinging around fairly quickly. That's kind of what it felt like.
1: Mm. So you were kind of in a tailspin.
0: Uh. Well, I wasn't quite spinning yet, but I oh, was. Okay. I was starting it. It was starting for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, to me, when I think of a tailspin, I think of, like, you've let go of the oars, everything's spinning in circles, you don't have control in the moment, and you just wait for the inertia. Oh, I see. To slow I see. down enough. Yeah. So you can kind of take stock of where you are and right. then make a plan, yeah. Oh, uh,
0: See, I, I usually associate a tailspin as what comes just before the crash. So <laughs> you're right. That's a, The way you explained it, that that definitely describes what happened. Got it. Yeah. So, cool. I, How's your day you. been? What what you been up to?
1: Um, I've been working in my business, meaning the uh, wendydillard.com business. Mm-hmm. And um, so that all has been going good. I had my internet um, increased the speed from uh, 25 megabytes per second to 75.
2: Ooh, triple. And
1: when I do things like that, I always metaphorically look at that and go, I'm being upgraded. <laughs> my speed is being upgraded times two. No, times three. Times three. Because yeah. there was something last week when I was at work that I was having some uh, connectivity issues. And uh, the tech guy I talked to, he was looking at my speed on my, my Internet. And he said, oh, whoa, you are really slow. Did you know that? And I said, I didn't. I said once upon a time when I got this internet speed, it was considered relatively fast, but you know, that was years ago. So I suppose the world of of technology has like surpassed me and I got left behind and didn't realize it. So I immediately called, you know, AT&T and they brought out a tech today and you know, he redid all the wiring so that my wires can handle more bandwidth. And um, so that, that's a nice, it's just a nice feeling because you know, I believe like like we talk about when something negative happens, if we don't know what to do with it and we keep having it recreated in our life, eventually it shows up in some negative circumstance or it ends up in some kind of dis ease in our body. Um well so I'm always looking at what those indicators are so that I can fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, this is kind of like the reverse. I had Some slow bandwidth that wasn't like what I would consider like a problem problem. This to me felt much more proactive that I was proactively increasing my bandwidth, which metaphorically, that's telling me that my pipes are wide open and I've made them even wider so I can receive even more data Mm -hmm. at a faster speed. So... That feels really nice and I have a coworker that always calls me lightning speed Wendy. And so now I'm moving to lightning speed. <laughs> so you're living
0: up to your nickname. That's a cool thing. That's good.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So that was nice. I mean, it took a couple hours and then I got into my own stuff and um you know, it it's all good. And that's of course the way I like to start my day. I Right. You know. I mean I love I gotta tell you, I know Abraham says all the time that, you know, whenever we see this incredible synchronicity of how the law of attraction does things in our lives. They they'll, they'll often say oh, that's child's play. Like that's nothing compared to what all we can really do. <laughs> but I, I get such a kick out of timing synchronicity. Mm-hmm. So I knew my AT&T guy was supposed to come sometime this morning between nine and 11 and he would call 30 minutes in advance. And so last night as I was going to sleep, I just kind of asked my inner being, like, so what time should I just plan to be up? And I got eight o'clock. And I was like, okay. So I set my alarm and you know it went off. And I was like, Yeah, I don't really feel like getting up yet. So I slept in until about eight fifteen. And then I just put my feet on the ground and I woke up and I tell you, within seconds. My cell phone rang, and it was my AT&T guy. Nice. saying, I'll be there in 20 minutes.
0: Nice. Very nice.
1: So yeah. it took me about 20 minutes to wash up, put my clothes on, and be ready for him. And I was like, <laughs> I love that kind of timing. And it happens in my life so frequently, you'd think I'd get bored by it or or think it's ho-hum. But it, it never gets old. It's always exciting to me.
0: <laughs> should, for good reason. That makes sense. You also said something, too. I don't remember exactly what you said. The gist of it was it's a a reminder that what we think about is what we tend to attract into our lives. And that was a topic that came up very briefly with my wife this morning when I was explaining to her what happened with the programmers. Um, And as I was exploring that with her, I realized that, I mean, these guys I had hired at the end of March. And when I hired them, I asked them, how long do you think it'll take? And they said about 30 days. So I actually gave them 35 days on the deadline. And when the 35-day came and went and they hadn't given me anything yet, they hadn't even shown me anything, I realized, well, that deadline really didn't mean much to them. And then as it dragged on after that, I began to realize there was a problem here. And I started to get into a very habitual way of thinking, which was these guys are slow as molasses. They're, they're taking forever. And and you know, who knows when this project's going to be done. Look what I got it as, as a result. <laughs> not only was it slow as molasses, but I still don't know when the project's going to be done. <laughs> I kept focusing on it's not going to get done, and these guys are slow as molasses. And the Law of Attraction says, okay, give them more.
1: <laughs> you know, it is so amazing, these subtle little thoughts that we have running around in our head that oftentimes we're not paying attention to because we don't have reason to. Mm. Um Like very similar to what you're saying, I'll tell you that when I was um, a costume designer and I had a partner named Steve and he and I had a costume manufacturing company, um, our tagline, like our company name was the Creative Alliance Mm -hmm. because we had a whole bunch of people that worked for us and we were all creative. So we were like in our own alliance. So I love that name. And we had a cool logo. And then our tagline was the best kept secret in texas
0: (laughs) you can see where this was going
1: (laughs) yeah so we just thought that was clever because we really did feel like we were so i mean the product that we put out was so um extremely fabulous i can't even find the right word it was so off the chain great and and I don't just say that to, for bragging rights, but I mean, our clients just raved at the quality of work that they did. And they would even say to us, how is it we didn't know about you before? Where have you been hiding? <laughs> and so, because of that, you know, we thought our, we thought it was clever to say we were the best kept secret in Texas. Well, after five years, um, the business pretty much crashed because we just couldn't get enough traction with getting business. And, you know, I didn't know law of attraction back then, and it wasn't until many years later that I thought about that and went, Oh my God. Mm. No idea how by calling ourselves the best kept secret and even taking pride in it.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Talking about how we were a secret. And how we were unknown and we couldn't get traction just fed into us being hidden. And, you know, law of attraction delivered exactly what we talked about, exactly what we felt, which is nobody knows we're here. We're a fabulous little company and nobody knows we're here. (laughs) So just like you're, you know, the comment you're making, it is amazing how something as subtle as that I don't know. I can't say that that was the complete um, destruction of our business, <laughs> but I would say that was a big piece of it mm. that we, just I mean, we struggled. We always struggled to get new clients. And most of the time it would be a client that only needed us one time. So it's not like we could get a whole lot of repeat business from a client who was doing a one-off project. Right. You know, um, but I had something pop up very similar in my head just the other day. Um, I was, I, I got a, a, an email from somebody who was interested in possibly um, hiring me. And so anyway, it, it happened, you know, the email came, then I went, then it took me a couple of days to respond cause it was over the weekend. And I, w- I recognized something very powerful. I went, you know what? I'll bet this person can't afford me. <laughs> and I I said to myself, why would I think wow. that? And I started thinking back, and I realized that when I read the person's email, and I, I'll tell you, this this I recognize is almost every time I hear from somebody who's interested in me, whether wow. they call me out of the blue or whether they email me. Um, especially though, if it's an email and this has been a repetitive thing, I'll get the email and I'll think they can't afford me, but it's been so subtle. I wasn't aware of it until I paid attention
2: Mm.
1: because I've been asking myself, well, where are my, where are the clients that like want to pay for my premium program? That is a really big high dollar program. And all of a sudden I kind of got this hit. Well, look at what you're thinking. And I went, oh, my gosh. I've been thinking for years. They can't afford me.
2: Mm. People
1: can't afford me. Well, no wonder I keep calling to me people who cannot afford me. Now, I do also have some people who can, and they are paying for some of my premium packages. But that's more of a – there's less lesser of them. So I started looking at this going, okay, where did this come from? So anyway, I won't bore you with like – the thread of all the different things in my lifetime. But here's another one, just like best kept secret. So remember I told you a couple weeks ago, I redid my homepage. Right. And on there, I thought this was clever. I said something like, I know looking for the right coach for you, is like finding a needle in a haystack.
0: (laughs) There it is again, right?
1: (laughs) And I went, holy crap, yes, I've done it again. I'm now calling myself the needle in the haystack. So that is definitely going to change. I'll be rewriting my homepage once again. That sentence will go away. (laughs) Very good.
0: Glad to hear that. That's
1: good. I'm like, okay, I have had this bizarre phenomenon where I know I'm really good at what I do. But I have been in plain sight and yet hidden.
2: Mm. Yeah. And
1: so I started working on this yesterday and I've just had many things on my plate. And so I've only had like small chunks of time to really think it through. And I've gotten pretty far, but where I am right now is, huh, I wonder what it is or how I have benefited from being in plain sight and yet not, and yet I've been invisible. It's so, funny. As you're
0: telling those stories, I'm realizing I did the exact same thing back when I was still focusing on providing online marketing services to help businesses um, promote their businesses, because I would say two really? things. The two things I would say is I never get enough clients. <laughs> I can't believe that <laughs> as I'm saying it right now. As I say it right now, it sounds so obvious, but at the time, it was not obvious at all. And I also oh. said the same thing you said. They can't afford me, and they didn't. <laughs> And I got exactly what you described, all the clients who couldn't afford me. (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, I did the same
2: thing she did.
1: (laughs) And so I wonder how many people are listening to our show, whether now or in the future, and they're trying to create something. And because of the things that we're talking about, they're going to go, oh, my gosh. Mm, Look at the thoughts I keep repeating to myself. Well, no Mm. wonder I'm not getting what I wanted.
2: Yep. But these
1: are the little insidious things that when you talk to people – I love to listen for their little insidious things that they may not be aware of. And then I like to feed it back. You know, uh, are you open to hearing some feedback? And if Mm. they say yes, I said, Did you realize you just said blah, blah, blah? And they go, Uh huh. And I said, Do you realize what that tells the universe? (laughs) Yeah. And they go, Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, as you were sitting there telling me about what your company's. Um, what I call a position statement. I think you call it a catchphrase, but it's the same thing. Um, I was thinking, what's the ideal catchphrase that you could use that would be so positive in, in so many different businesses? And the one that came to my mind was, we have all the happy customers.
1: Mm, that's nice.
0: I kind of like happy? that one. We have all of them and they're all happy. <laughs>
1: That's very cool.
0: I like that. The more I think about it, I'm saying, okay, I think I'm going to make that one the, the unofficial positioning statement of Gardens by Louise.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's your new tagline. Well, and you know, uh, several months ago, I was saying, I am discoverable. I'm discoverable. That's true. You did. So, I remember that. Yeah, and right now, what I'm thinking is, that's how I became, it, not, um, Uninvisible? I became yeah, visible. Right. You became
0: visible, right? Uninvisible. To, yeah, <laughs> to some
1: clients, because I am—I have been saying—I'm discoverable, I'm findable. People you can did. find me. Yeah. But I mm. recognize that there's also—that's why I think I have. It's um, not like stop and start energy, but I don't have a flood of new business because I still had this sense of finding me is like finding a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the best kept, best coach on the planet, but <laughs> yeah, I'm a right. secret. <laughs> and what's so ironic is when the movie The Secret came out.
0: I've been thinking about that as you were saying that. Yeah.
1: Do you know yeah. what my immediate response was? What? It's not a secret. It's not a secret. <laughs> it's not a secret. Don't call it a secret because it's not a secret. <laughs> uh, but I, I also know that I was saying that because. The best kept secret secret in Texas was something that had just recently been um, um, known, became known to me. Where I'm like, don't ever call yourself a secret, or you'll stay <laughs> that way. <laughs> so the things we, it, it's not just something I say; it's something I have believed and I feel. So, so I'm so connected to that feeling. That it's like, of course, that's what lava's traction has been responding to.
2: Yeah,
0: and and I was also realizing you, the the secret, the movie and the book, the secret. On the one hand, it was very successful. On the other hand, the success fell off a cliff. Okay. And I think I think there's a way to explain that. Well, at first it was very successful, and really the main reason it was so successful is that uh, Rhonda hired a guy named, oh, uh, what was his name? I actually talked to this guy. I can't remember what his name was. He's listed in, in you know, the credits in the beginning of the book that lists all the people who were involved in the project. He's listed there as the guy who did the social media campaign. That guy is really the one who made The Secret so popular because he did this massive – it was more than social media. It was a massive online campaign that he pieced together and really just you know shook the rafters in terms of how many people he reached with it. It was a truly inspired campaign that he did and in that campaign of course he's promoting the secret well there is i mean you you definitely had tapped into a a concept that is appealing to potential buyers oh this is a secret if it's a secret it must be good it must be interesting and that is true people will will respond to that but by the same token you're also putting out the message to the universe via the law of attraction you know keep it a secret keep it a secret so they had a surge they had this, this big sales thing and then, after the secret uh after the ran the run ran, so to speak, it was pretty much done. I mean she's put out other books since then uh there's the magic and the power, and I'm not sure whatever else she's put out there, but the only people who bought it were people who already knew the secret it she has not reached any new audience since then, and I'm thinking, wow, now there is a really nicely sculpted uh example that shows you know, here's what the plus side of it was. I mean, they, they, they used the secret as a clever marketing tool and here's the minus side in that they ultimately killed their tool.
1: Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. But I know the whole time I watched it, um, the movie and they like showed, um, people of history, you know, utilizing, you know, th- these principles, they, uh, the, the, the tone around it was always something where it was shrouded in mystery, you know, or there was like a dark color, you know, uh, that they used on the right. screen. Yeah. So they did keep it very secretive. Oh yeah. And, um, almost like it's, it's hard to find out what, what's really going on because it's all behind locked doors. Um, and while I was watching, I'm like, I don't believe that, <laughs> I don't believe that. you know, like even, um, you know, from a Christian perspective, it's like Jesus spoke things that were very Law of Attraction-based. It wasn't in secret. They're, they're, you know, there are things that he've, he said. Now, back then, they weren't calling it Law of Attraction. Why and how it's become that, gone by that name today, I don't know. But, you know, I, I think lots of times there are many things that happen in our lifetime that not everybody gravitates to. And so maybe they're just calling it a secret, you know, because not many people, like, caught on. But it's not like it wasn't there for people to figure out.
0: It's interesting how you you didn't buy into the idea that it was a secret. You said, no, it's not. I remember my reaction. My reaction was, well, if it's a secret, how did they find out? (laughs) (laughs)
1: And I was thinking it wasn't a secret, so it was very outable. Exactly.
0: So neither one of us really bought into the idea of the secret, did we? Uh-uh. <laughs> the law of attraction, sure, that was fine. But the, the secret, uh, hmm, no, not quite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not a secret. It could be unknown to some. Sure. And, and oh, yeah. it could be rejected by some, but it's not like it's a secret.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I remember when they finally re- revealed, I think it's Bob Proctor who does the big reveal, The Secret is the Law of Attraction. I remember my very first thought, what the hell is a Law of Attraction?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you talking about, Bob? <laughs> Good
2: point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying. I don't know who coined the phrase Law of Attraction, um i I think david actually did some
0: some research on that he he found the the earliest reference he was able to find was a book that was published somewhere around like the 1860s or 1870s it was one of the very early Hmm. new thought books and it was the first one he could find that include included the phrase law of attraction is that the origin i don't really know but that's that's how far his research took him
1: wow well that's
2: very cool
1: yeah Yeah. you know Walt. Uh, I've been living using principles of law of attraction now for so long. I truly can't imagine what it would be like to live any other way. And sometimes I look back at who I used to be and go, oh my gosh, you poor thing.
2: Mm. You know,
1: you were like wandering blind, <laughs> you know, without sight until law of attraction came into my life. I mean, I was very persistent and I was hard headed. And when I wanted something, I was like, a bull in a china shop and I went for it. And so yeah, I managed to manifest things in my life, but holy Toledo, it was hard. I went about it the hard way. And mm. understanding the principles of law of attraction haven't changed the essence of who I am, but it sure has made um manifesting things go from like sheer pain and torture mm-hmm. to so much more ease and flow. It's like, Whew, yay. This yeah, better.
0: <laughs> and I, I, I'm sure this is true for you. I think it's probably true for everybody. There's still a little tiny bit of skepticism in me. I mean, there's not much left. It's pretty much, pretty much flattened out by now. But there's still a little bit left. And I still have, like, there's a piece of me that, you know, is, is kind of attracted to that idea of, like, oh, well, this is all kind of a bunch of nonsense. Even though I have so much evidence in my life to the contrary. But I also realize something. And that is, let's assume just for the sake of discussion that the law of attraction is nonsense. And that all the stuff we talk about is nonsense. You know what? Despite that nonsense, all these conversations I've had with you and the other four, all the reading I've done and so forth, has led me to the point where I ran into a serious, really potentially devastating event happened to me today, and I ended up flying through it with with, with flying colors. So I don't care if it's nonsense or not. What a great result in my own development. I actually produced in myself a better response than I'd ever produced in my life. If I had to do that through something that was nonsense, hey, sign me up. I want more nonsense.
1: Well, you know, and I think what you're saying, I have thought many times in my life um, about whatever I was believing, because if, if there was something I was believing, a body of work, a religious belief, um, and it was producing positive results, yeah, I would just say, you know what, and so what if it's a yeah. poppycock?
2: Exactly. If it's,
1: if it's producing positive results, yay, because in the long and short of it, when it comes to us being physical beings on this planet, none of us can prove um, what the afterlife is. None of us can prove that there is an afterlife. None of us can prove any of the things that are not tangible and visible to us.
0: And often we can't you even know, prove the tangible, visible things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like I know that some scientists, they feel pretty uh, solid on things like they know that the sun exists and it's doing certain things in its orbit. But you know what? I'm having to take their word for it. Mm. I know that there's something that's really bright and shiny and produces a lot of heat. Yep. Beyond that, I don't know much more about the sun. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But... It's kind of like, okay, I'm sitting right now in my purple oversized chair, and I know that right now it's holding me up, but that's because I can touch it, I can see it, I'm interacting with it, and it's tangible, Um, but there are so many intangibles in life, and that's where I think, you know, people go crazy with all the different religions and fighting and, and whatever, no, this one's the right one, no, this one's the right one, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Because they're all based on things that cannot be proven mm. they're it's all a matter of what we, be, we- what the individual chooses to believe yeah and my yardstick is if it feels good, um you know move in that direction. Now, I will tell you i I've, I have a sister that said you know thinks that because I have a yardstick that goes by my feelings. She thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> she thinks I should not go by my feelings because that's what throws me off. Because anybody can have a feeling, she says. I'm curious. You know, what it, what's I her
0: alternative? She, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing or anything. I'm just curious to know what her alternative is. If, if it's not focusing on feelings, oh, what are you supposed believe, to focus believing on? Believing
1: in the Bible and being a Christian the ah, way we were raised to be. I
0: see. So, you okay. Know,
1: and, and if you don't like something that's in the Bible, too bad. Because it's not about, you know, you as she would say, you don't get to just pick and choose what parts of the Bible you like or don't like. You you accept the whole thing and you live your life by it. And well, I almost agree with that. that the only works. part I leave out is
0: the last part. I, I agree with her that you, you, you either, you, you don't just pick and choose the parts that you like, you take it as it is. And, and the way I take it as it is is something I want to throw into the trash heap. So, I mean, my <laughs> conclusion is different, but I agree with her method. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and for her and her family... Um, it gives them, it, 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 I can see how it's an undergirding of strength in their life. Their faith is very powerful. Um, and when difficult things come, you know, their faith has pulled them through. Which now, is good. she is a different person from me. Granted, we grew up in the same family, but we have different ways of thinking about things. And the very things that to her give her a sense of certainty were the very things that caused me to go, this feels like hypocrisy. And so for me, it didn't work. And I I went inward and let my, and I won't say my emotional feelings like I'm nilly-willy all over, but and I'm not quite sure how to describe this, but I learned how to feel on a very deep core of who I am, where I believe I was connected to the part of me that is not physical. Hmm. And I don't know, I just, I think I've been connected to that part of me for a very long time and been very aware, even if I didn't know what to call it or didn't know what it was. But Mm I felt like I had always been guided by an internal source that was very knowing. Um, And I call that just for lack of any other way to describe it, I would say, well, I get this sense or I get this feeling. And that's where my sister would say, well, feelings are like not to be trusted. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's how I grew up, not trusting them. And that's how I ended up feeling like I was in my own internal thunderstorm all the time. Mm. You know, things just always felt chaotic in my head because I would sense something inside. And yet the external words that were taught to me is don't trust them. And so then I'm like, but I don't know what then to trust. They're like, well, trust God. Well, if I can't see God, I don't get it. I don't know what to rely on. And yet when I would I would kind of watch other Christians, they really were using their feelings to sense God in their life. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So like, well, how can you like trust your feelings in one area but not in another? And yet I do understand that paradox, because I have a client who just texted me something and i was kind of at a loss for from a texting pos- position how to describe something to her because i want to say well how does it feel to you but i have a feeling she might not really know what she's feeling like mm-hmm. she'll go oh yeah let's go for it let's do it but at at the same time i'm like she she may not be ready to really trust the feelings right now because her feelings have misled her She's made some inappropriate associations. So right now, for her, I'm using logic. And eventually, I'll reintroduce feelings once we get some things clarified. But yeah, it it can be a really messy subject when you talk about feelings.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that for for a fact personally, just from where I came from. Because I had effectively separated myself from, from my own feelings for years. And I had done so primarily because I was... Not directly, it's not like somebody stood up and said, okay, well, you're supposed to separate your feelings from your from your thoughts, so don't allow the two to mix together. No, that, that's not what happened. But that's what society had taught me to do, and so I did. And it was actually the process of keeping separate that caused, in my mind, the distrust. I learned to distrust because I learned to keep it separate, <laughs> which I know it sounds backwards, <laughs> but that's what I did. <laughs> Funny thing, funny thing.
1: On, on one hand, it's like, it's a wonder any of us have survived this life. <laughs>
2: yes, right.
1: You know? And on another hand, it's like, oh, thank goodness that we finally made a connection with the part of us that's, you know, non-physical, so we have some kind of an anchor to keep us grounded.
0: I agree, yeah. Which is good. That that Well, it shows that we are capable of, of not only growing and learning, but doing so even flying in the face of, what we have been taught in this world by our society which is quite a quite an accomplishment really
1: so i i i know somebody very dear to me who's dating someone um who's of a i'll call it a religious belief system mm-hmm. that seems really uh extreme Okay, and they do some YouTubes on a regular basis where Mm. they're like out street what they what I would call street witnessing, Mm. and when I watch it, I hear nothing in it but judgment. Oh yeah, anger. Yep, hatred. Yep, racism. Yep, and what's ironic is the things that they say that they are against is hatred. Racism, <laughs> judgment. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, and I'm I'm. This is my own assessment. I'm like, they're so disconnected from what reality is because they call it black, but it's really white. Yeah, you know oh, that yeah. what they call white is really black. It's like, oh my gosh, they're living like an in, in an inside out reality.
0: Yeah, it's all inverted but thinking. It, yeah,
1: yeah, but inverted. There's the right word but it's so real for them yep. and it's as real for them as what I believe mm-hmm. is real for me. Oh yeah. And um, this dear friend of mine is like, I'm really kind of concerned this person I'm dating is kind of in a cult or something weird. What can I do to like help him like get a hold of his own reality so he can turn the clock back. Cause he's only been in it for like three years. And I said, the truth is you can't
2: mm.
1: You can live your life. You can live it. From the best place you know how to live it, and you model good living, but it's up to him to start questioning what he's doing. Yeah, And that's yeah. really our, our all of our quest, is to challenge the beliefs that have been told to us by others and determine, does it feel right for us? And not just take it in hook, line, and sinker because someone else said it.
0: It's an interesting thing, too, because the more that we do that, the it's not like you have to de- develop defenses. That's what i found. I mean, I've told this story before. I may have told it to you. I can't remember who I told it to, but one of the co-hosts I explained this to. Um, back when I lived in Virginia, when Louise and I lived in Virginia, just before we moved back to Connecticut, um, I used to go out every day and do – I had two different routes. One was a three-mile walk. The other was a six-mile walk. And each of them took me through the center of this small town that we lived in. And in the center of that town, it was like, you know, two or three blocks worth of, of shops, nice gift shops. It was actually kind of like a nice little shopping area for people like, you know, uh, little boutique type shops. Um, and there was also an old church that I, I can't remember what denomination it was. I think it may have been Episcopal, but I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, there was this church there. And I would go past it every day. And this one day, this guy is standing outside of the church. What did you call it? Sidewalk something? Street witnessing. Street was witnessing, yeah, okay. Well, he was, I guess, doing an equivalent of that, and he came rushing up to me, I, and I could see he was he was about ready to bushwhack me, right? <laughs> so I'm walking mm-hmm. along, and I, and I didn't actually slow it down very much. I kind of, you know, nodded to him pleasantly, and I, I really didn't want to be uh, bushwhacked, but, uh, you know, I was I was trying to be pleasant about it, and he comes up to me, and he says, have you been saved? And I didn't even think. I, I mean, there was no time to react. I All of a sudden, I opened my mouth and blurted out, I was never lost.
2: <laughs> That's beautiful
0: <laughs> And he didn't know what to do with it My point is I didn't have to come up with a defense It just kind of came out And it was a perfect kind of defense Because it, it basically just defused him And all of the stuff he had saved up In order to come at me and to save me And all this other stuff Just fell to the ground Because it didn't work anymore
1: <laughs> See now in NLP we would call his statement a presupposition. Yeah. By saying, are you saved? There's a presupposition that you need to be saved.
2: Right, yeah.
1: You know, and you diffused it it beautifully by saying, <laughs> I was never lost. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs>
0: it just blurted. I mean, literally, I didn't think about it for a split second. It just kind of opened my mouth, and, <laughs> and there it was on the floor.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I was in a restaurant a while back, and um, I had gone into the restroom, and there was a long line inside the restroom and it was on a Sunday. And so there were uh, people, you know, dressed in their church, you know, attire because they were there to eat after church. Sure. And this one lady, um, I could tell as she was like drying her hands, she was just a very friendly, boisterous, you know, extravagant in, in terms of like wanting to sh- share with the whole world her happiness kind of thing.
2: Mm. And
1: she just looked at me and she blurted out something, you know, that was very, very lovely. And so I kind of in turn responded because she's like, oh, you know, you know, you're blessed. And I said, oh, yes, thank you. I am. And then <laughs> That's nice, though. I thought the conversation could end right there. Sure. But now it got, went into, oh, she got me. In other words, she said something. She got me to respond. So now she feels obliged to just keep going and see how far she can take this.
2: Mm.
1: And now she said, um, do you know the love of Jesus? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, so, oh, good, that's wonderful. So you know you're saved. And it's similar to your thing, but, I, but you know, being that I used to be a Christian, I kind of know where this is going. And I said, oh, yes, my salvation is absolutely not in question. And then it was kind of like, well, that wasn't the normal Christian response. What's wrong with you? Don't you know
0: the words. text? I mean, come on. <laughs>
1: And that's where, you know, we talked the other day about speaking truth, and I'm not a person who can lie. That doesn't come easily to me. It feels uncomfortable. So I have found ways to speak truth where I'm not using the old phrasing, but I'm using what's right for me, Mm. which Mm. is my salvation is not in question. (laughs) Which I love. Because like you, I'm not lost. Therefore, I'm not requiring (laughs) (laughs) self-facing. But she wanted to kind of go, hmm, like that didn't answer her question the way she (laughs) wanted to. So she kind of went, you know, a couple more sentences. And I just continued. And it was really fun for me, Walt. Was it? Because never had I been so uh, nimble in my responses. In other words, it was the very first time. And this is why it was exciting to me first time ever, I didn't feel defensive. I didn't feel the need to prove anything. I didn't need to feel like, oh, I need to share with her the folly of what she's saying, because I figured out something different or better. It's like I wanted her to just be who she was. And I was really hoping she'd respect me too. Mm. And I will say that We finally got to the point, you know, we were doing what we needed to do in the ladies room. We both washed our hands and I was going to be the first one to walk out the door. So (laughs) as she was still kind of like just try to dive in a little bit deeper. I just said, God, love you today. And I walked out the door.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was great.
1: And I remember going and I I met Keisha at the table. I said, oh, my God, I had this most exciting experience. (laughs) I wasn't defensive. I had a really bold Christian doing her best to witness to me because she cared about my soul. Whether she did or not, I don't know. But at least her training told her to care about my soul.
2: Right. um... And I
1: said, I didn't cower. You know, I mean, one of her questions, which is a typical question is, oh, so you're saved? well, what church do you go to? You know, (sighs) and that's the one that usually stumps me. And that's the one where I feel like, oh, God, I don't know how to answer this question that will make them be quiet, you know, and I'll (laughs) say, you know what, I'm not at a church at this time. And then there's the, well, would you like to visit? Of course, (laughs) it's time
0: for the sales pitch.
1: (laughs) And it's it's amazing to me. I've been around this for so many years, and I and what I also came to recognize when somebody has been so trained, and I know because I used to be, when you've been so trained to look for certain things and just keep hitting certain points until you get the response that you're looking for, which either, yes, you can validate this person is a born again spirit filled Christian doing the right stuff. They're going to heaven and they're in a, in a solid church body. That's the only point that you can actually end the inquisition. <laughs> or if you know that they're unsaved, you invite them to church and you know, you get your, their phone number and you try to save their soul. One or the other. And I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that anymore. I don't want to, and I don't want to like be ugly to them either. Because they're doing what they believe is the right thing to do. And I know because I used to be one of them. So, you know, finding the dance for me where I can say something that feels comfortable, that doesn't put me in a state of defensiveness, because that's the part I hated the most. Well, it's if like it helps, I, felt, I mean, like, feel free
0: to use mine about, you know, I'm never being lost. It's really effective, I found. I found it out by accident, but I found it really you does work.
1: You've got to keep walking. If you're not done washing your hands, they're going to keep nailing it. <laughs> this is, yeah, probably true. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the location and where you're at.
0: <laughs> well, actually, I guess what you can also do in that case is you can recognize that whoever um, takes the lead in the conversation wins. So once you've thrown them off balance then you can take it in almost any direction you want. Just don't take it in a religious direction.
1: True. And I was just looking at it like, I'm in the ladies room. I'm here for a specific purpose and I just want to exit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know what? Honestly, with her, I kind of wanted, uh, there was a little bit of an internal challenge I had. Like, don't try to throw her so far off balance. Let her go ahead and say what she wants to say because I wanted the challenge of, let's see what I could come up with. What kinds of, you know, responses can I have that will still feel good to me? I mean, it was my own personal challenge. Yeah. So there
0: was a value there to you.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, if I went out of a conversation, I I have ways to get out of it, but I wanted to play with it. You know, it was like, here's a good experience for me to see what, see what happens. And um, by the time we were kind of at the end of our conversation, there were probably five other church ladies that were all kind of standing about. And even though they weren't contributing to the conversation, you could sense that they were all with her trying to proselytize me and make sure that my soul was saved.
0: (laughs) Group saving. Got to love it. Okay. (gasps) (laughs)
1: Got to love it.
0: (laughs) Well, actually, what you were doing makes a lot of sense because you had been in that circle, so to speak, for for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Now you're outside of it. And so now you're kind of testing to see, well, how well am I staying outside and how well am I able to both maintain my boundaries and be respectful and all that? You you were playing with that and you were kind of of seeing how how far you've come and is there any areas you need to work on? And that's great. That's good stuff to do. That's actually very similar to what I did politically. I mean, politically, I came from a libertarian perspective. And after I really started to get into what we're talking about here with the law of attraction, I realized, first of all, I was moving away from my libertarian perspective And secondly, I was moving away from any political perspective at all to the point where I now almost don't care about any of it, which was a major shift. But in the course of doing that, again, we talked about, you know, how do you handle things when somebody tries to flip you or whatever? I ran into, again, the same kind of thing, just kind of coming out. Uh, Although I have to say this one, I did kind of think about in advance a little bit, so I was kind of ready for it. But the next time a libertarian came in contact with me and wanted to somehow engage me. Um, I let him go for a couple of seconds, maybe a couple of minutes. I don't remember how long. And then I finally said to him, you know, as a libertarian, I wonder if you could answer one question for me. What are you in favor of? And again, it was one of those flip moments because everybody in politics, particularly libertarians, talk about what they're against. It's very difficult for an average person who has a political orientation to say what they favor without expressing it in negative terms.
1: Hmm, didn't know that.
0: So... You know, if if you have had inclinations that were political and you want to get away from that, and you're trying to you know keep the people at bay who you used to associate with, keep that one in mind. You know, what are you in favor of, expressed in positive terms? You get a lot of gaping mouths, like
1: uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I said, as I was talking to my dear friend the other day, who's dating this guy that she's concerned might be in a cult, um, I said, even though she wants to influence him in a positive direction, I said, the truth is. Every one of us has our own choice to make about what we choose to believe. Mm. And because you can't literally prove any of them are accurate, you kind of, you really have to go with what feels best for you for this, this lifetime. Nice. You know, I've had multiple beliefs since I've, I've been in this earthly body, um, where I am now feels the most congruent for who I really am you know, where other times I'd get into something and it felt really good. But then the longer I was there, I'd learn more idiosyncrasies. And I'm like, okay, now this is starting to feel creepy.
2: Mm. (laughs) Now
1: this is starting to feel uh, hypocritical or something about it's like, yeah, this is not working for me, you know, and I'm not one who's just going to pick up and jump around and keep looking for like a new religious belief until I'm happy. (laughs) But I was looking for something internally that would make sense to who i am
0: yeah well that's it
1: right and there so if, if people don't believe in the law of attraction or don't like it okay that doesn't have to change anything about me right but it's like, like like you were saying earlier it's like as long as it's working and you're getting positive results in your life i'm sticking with it
0: i think i'm gonna stick with it too so let's all stick with it let's make it a point to stick with it And and by the way one great way to stick with it make sure that you subscribe the podcast for free on the homepage LOAToday.net because that way you can stick with it every single podcast. And on that note, Wendy, it's been a pleasure. Let's do it again tomorrow.
1: Alright, I'll see you then.
0: And we will expect you back as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye everybody.
1: Bye-bye for now.